What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another collaboration of the Homefield Podcast and the 104.6.1 Podcast. I'm your host of the 104.6.1, Kevin Valentin. I'm the host of the Homefield Podcast. I go by the name of Kyle Dabra. Today, we have a, a special episode, something that we are very long overdue to do, a, a tribute to Kobe Bryant. Um, today makes one year of Kobe Bryant's passing. Uh, Kyle and I both as very, very big personal Kobe fans growing up. We feel that it is necessary to not only pay homage to one of the greatest of all time, but to share our thoughts, our memories, and you know some of the greatest moments growing up that we felt are, are special in our hearts and hopefully to yours too. So, I mean, Kyle, you being the Laker fan, I wanted to ask you first, the second you hear that man's name, what crosses your mind? To be honest with you, I just kind of denied it at first. It just seemed like it didn't seem real at first just because, you know, when you, you see the headline from TMZ that Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter crash, it just it just it doesn't make any sense. You just kind of hope that it's like it's a hoax. It could be fake. It could just be somebody just trying to, to get some attention. But when it finally like when it finally started spreading on Twitter, that's when I was like, oh, like it's it's for real. And then when I saw the, uh, there was a news camera shot, um, over in Calabasas where the, the helicopter crashed, um, pretty much at that point, like I knew that it was pretty much confirmed at that point. And I was just like, the thing was for the most part, I was in shock. I just, I couldn't believe it. And it, it, it took about really like about a day or so for it to really set in. Um, I remember, I think I got a text from somebody. I, I don't remember who I got a text from. And I think like the first thing that I said after they sent uh, Kobe died was just, damn. Like when somebody sends you a test like that, just out of nowhere, I forget who sent it. I, I wish I knew I'd sent that text to me. Um, I just, you just kind of take it on face value. And I, I didn't even, I didn't even think whoever sent that text was lying about it. It just kind of felt it like at that point it was like, damn, like it could be, could be really happening. And then when I saw the, uh, the news feed out of Calabasas, it was like, that's what confirmed it for me. Um, for me, like Kobe was the reason why that I began to love basketball when I was a little kid. Um, I know everybody kind of has, a different player that they kind of look up to or maybe idolize when they're younger, when they're first, when they're first starting to watch basketball or football, whatever the case may be. And for basketball, it was Kobe. I just thought that the way that he played the game, the way that he was able to just shake defenders and just play nonstop whenever he was on the court, give it everything that he had. That was just something that I, really appreciated and admired as a fan. And then as the years went on, I fully, I, I, I fully appreciated the, the work and effort that he put himself through for 20 years on the same franchise. And then just going out like he did dropping 60 points in his last game. I, I was just, you, I couldn't have been happier for him. You couldn't have been happier for the fans. Like, Everybody kind of wanted to see that that last Kobe game 
in his last official game and he stepped up to the plate and delivered. And I mean, what else more can you say about Kobe Bryant? Five time NBA final champion. He has one regular season MVP should have more, but I'm not, I'm not even really going to get into that, but just one of the greatest players that I've ever witnessed. And it just, it's just so weird that he's not here. It doesn't feel real. I mean, he's only, he was only 41 years old. I know he wasn't, we didn't get to see him on the basketball court anymore, but he's still a relatively young guy at that point, 41 years old. You're pretty much, I don't even know if he was really even at the halfway point of his life yet. He had already retired. He was moving on to the next chapter of his life. He was really getting big into storytelling. And it seemed like to me, after he had retired from basketball and spent a couple of years away from the game, it just seemed like he was really content and at peace with himself in moving on to this next chapter and letting go of those 20 years of playing basketball in the NBA, basically just because in his eyes, I don't think he had anything left to give to the game. I think he felt like I've given everything that I could to the game and more and when it's time to bow out, you just accept it for what it is and you just move on to the next chapter. And that's what he did. I, I thought he was, I thought he was doing great in that next chapter of his life. And it's just, it's so unfortunate that we never got to see what his full potential of that next chapter of his life was going to be. He was really starting to get big into storytelling, really getting big into writing novels, writing books. He won an Academy Award for Christ's sake. So he was well on his way to reaching a level in maybe just writing altogether that we never, we never get to fully realize just because of his untimely death. And, and I don't want to forget about the other eight people that, that died on that helicopter crash. I know Gianna Bryant, she was one of the other nine along with Kobe that, that passed away, but you can't forget about the other eight souls, including the including Kobe on that helicopter too. So it really is just, it's unfortunate. Just, I know it's a, it's been a year later, but it just, it just, it doesn't seem like he's gone. It's just, it's just crazy that he's no longer here with us. And it's really one of the very few times where I've seen the entire sports world completely devastated by the loss of one of the giants of the sport of basketball. And not only that, I mean, he was a worldwide icon. I mean, the whole world grieved his death and it's just, it was just shocking to everybody. Everybody was just really filled with grief after hearing the news that he passed away and just hearing the way that he passed away. I want to hit this quick point. Usually when, I hear these celebrity deaths. I'm not usually emotional about these, about certain deaths in, when a certain celebrity dies. This one, however, the, the suddenness of it and the fact that Kobe was in probably the best like health of his life. He's enjoying what he does. He's, spe he's spending time with his family and he's living the life that he wants to, you know, compared to some other celebrity deaths, there's usually some sort of 
self-destruction component where it's unfortunate and it's terrible to see when certain celebrities pass away unexpectedly or just under the certain circumstances that they were dealing with, whether it's just physical or mental. But with Kobe, it was never that. Kobe was in great shape. He was physically fit. He was mentally fine. I think he was living the best life that he was living at that particular moment in time. And I think in their mind, they were just going to Gianna's basketball game. And just one foggy morning, and it just happened to be that that was the last day that they were on this earth. And it's just, it's just, it's, it's really sad. Even a year later, it's just, it's very sad. I try not to watch all of the tribute videos. It's just at a certain point, you just, you get overwhelmed by it. And for me, I typically don't get that emotional, but this is one of those times. Kobe's one of those people where Kobe's one of these people where it'll evoke some sort of emotion out of me. And that's pretty much all I've got to say. Just rest in peace to one of the, the greatest legends to the game of basketball and probably one of the greatest sports icons we'll ever see. So when it happened, Isabel and I were headed to the Pro Bowl last year when it was in Orlando. We were driving and we were getting off the exit. And we were in traffic because obviously everyone's getting off that set exit to go to the game. And Isabel reads this post and she taps me and says like, hey, babe, I think Kobe Bryant just died. And I was like, I'm, mind you, I'm driving, I'm focused on people cutting me off. And, you know, Orlando people are ridiculous. So I'm like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, babe, stop playing. Like, it's probably, a, it's probably a prank. It's probably some fake TMZ article. I thought the same thing you did, you know, probably like most of the world. Like, that's not possible. Like, what? Kobe in a helicopter crash? What the hell are you doing in a helicopter? Like, that's got to be bullshit. So we kind of like whiz past it. She puts her phone down because she has to help me navigate and figure out. We get to the parking garage of where we need to get to. I close the door of the car and I hear the parking tenants in the parking lot say, oh my God, I can't believe this. And I'm sitting here like, oh shit, is something happening in the parking lot? They're all huddled together. And as we walk closer to them, I hear another person say, I can't believe Kobe Bryant just died. He was 40 years old, 41 years old. And I, I didn't even know the guy. And I ran up to him and I grabbed his shoulder. And I was like, what, you, what did you just say? And he was like, Kobe Bryant just died in a helicopter crash. And I was like, are you, are you kidding? Like, Isabel like jumps up and she's like, oh my God. Like, I told you. And I'm just sitting there like, she said that my face went pale. And at one point I felt like I was looking at myself outside of my body. Now for the audience's reference i'm a very dramatic emotional person as it is for those of you that know me you know that i tend to blow things out of proportion for no reason because that's just the type of person that i am um but this death hit home this hit me in a place where i haven't really felt before other than for my own family members now granted i have talked to multiple people that have said i don't understand it he's just an athlete or he's he you didn't even know him Or, you know, like, all he did was play basketball. You didn't really follow him outside of the game. Like, he retired already, so it's not like he didn't live his life. And to those people, you know, I I respect your opinion, but the fact that you give those answers is because you don't know what Kobe Bryant did for us growing up. And, like, I say this as I get emotional because it's like, 
Kobe Bryant is the reason I picked up a basketball. Kobe Bryant is the reason that I fell in love with the sport. I hated basketball when I was younger. My dad always made me watch it. And my dad was a big, 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 super big Laker fan since the 70s. He loved mm-hmm. watching Kareem. He loved watching Magic and Bird. But he just he just gravitated toward the Lakers. So growing up, my little brother and I were always, always in Laker gear, Kobe jersey, Shaq jerseys. There's a picture of us actually in my little brother's room because he's still a Laker fan of us with the uh, Larry O'Brien trophy when it was at the NBA store in 2001 after the Lakers just repeated. And there's a picture. It's, it's me in my yellow Kobe jersey, my dad in his yellow Kobe jersey, and my little brother, he's little, little in his Kobe jersey with the, the purple eight. And I look at that picture and I'm just like, I can't believe it. Like this is where it all began. So to hear that my reason to play, my reason to pick up the ball, the, the, the guy that I watched religiously every chance I could whenever my dad would let me stay up is gone. It crushed me. Like Kobe Bryant was more than a basketball player. Kobe Bryant was more than just a sports figure. Like, as you stated, he's a global icon for him, for his mannerisms and and attitude on the court with the Mamba mentality, with how he was with his fans his wife, his family. And now obviously like after he had retired, what he had become to women's basketball and, and coaching, coaching being a passion of mine with kids when I was younger. So to see Kobe hit all of these accolades and achieve all this greatness to then continue that greatness. And not only just, I'm going to retire, I'm going to chill at the house. You know, I might do a couple of signing events. No, Kobe passed on his wisdom to youth and he didn't just pass it on to men. He passed it on to a struggling sport that the WNBA is and now a growing sport that it has become because Kobe took the time to go to those games, sponsor those women, uh, teach his daughter. Basically, no matter what you want to do in life, you can always get through it. Just put your mind through it. Like she wanted to go to UConn and I'm talking about Jenna Bryant. She she wanted to continue to excel and she said she wanted to be better than her father. And it was just it was surreal to hear the news. And when we got to the game, I couldn't even focus on the game. They held a tribute at the Pro Bowl and I started crying. I heard people in the audience crying. I mean, mind you, there's thousands of people surrounding you. Nobody obviously knew Kobe Bryant directly and personally, but for someone of that magnitude to just disappear in the blink of an eye is what I think got us all. And it just goes to show, I know I say it to a lot of people. I know we've had the discussion Life's just too short and you really got to live it. And it's just sad because I've lost a lot of people in my life, family, friends. And then to see someone like Kobe, like Gigi, just she had her whole life in front of her. She was 13 and all those other girls on that on that helicopter and all those dads and the pilot. For it just to abruptly end all as suddenly as it did, it just it broke my heart. Kobe was just someone I looked up to. Kobe was someone that I, I, I was dying to meet one day, someone I would love to have a conversation with. And someone that I just resonated with because as an athlete myself, I was always injured and I wasn't blessed to have the athleticism that a lot of other people had. Whatever sport I did play, I tried to play through injury or I couldn't play because of injury. And to see Kobe growing up go through every single possible injury you can think of between dislocated fingers, broken fingers, separated shoulders, I mean, broken kneecap, torn Achilles, you name it. Kobe's probably played through a broken hand. It, it motivated me because none of the injuries I had were as extensive as Kobe's. So it made me think, well, Kobe can do it. I can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, Kobe, Kobe 
is playing with, with all of these ailments, and he's still scoring like 30 points a game. Kobe's playing left-handed, and he's dominating. Kobe tore his Achilles and shot two free throws and walked off without any help. Kobe Bryant was just a person that I will forever look up to and say, thank you. Whenever I crumble up a paper and I throw it in a garbage can, Kobe, that's just a universal term. Like my kids will know his legacy. My kids will know everything about him. And my kids will know who Kobe Bryant was because the impact he had not only to me, not only to you, but to the world was just irreplaceable. And I mean, it's pretty much like you said, man, to, 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 to lose somebody like that, the way that the world did is just incredible or, or, or it's just sad. And to Vanessa and the rest of their kids, I mean, I, I, I really can't say enough. My heart goes out to them every day. I see Vanessa post certain things or Paul Gasol post things or I watch those tribute videos. And believe it or not, it's not even the highlights. It's the music that gets me. It's just, it just hits you in a place where you're just like, like I got to calm down. Like it's going to be okay. Like, and sometimes you have to remind yourself like, He's in a better place. Gigi's in a better place. And that's kind of the only thing that really gets me through the day. Like on days like today, like they're not suffering and, and, and they're together. And then Kobe's just playing one-on-one with God knows how many other athletes, maybe even God. I don't know if he wants to lace them up against the mama, but, you know, I just, I just look at it like Kobe's watching over everybody, man. And it's just, it's just crazy. RIP to, to one of the greatest to ever do it. And RIP to an icon and a hero of mine, big time. I, I think the part that that crushes me, and, and maybe this is just because, you know, I'm a little bit older now, and um, I don't just, like, remember Kobe for the things that he did on the basketball court. Uh, like, that was probably – that took a lot of his time in his daily life for 20 years. But – you know, the part that I think everybody doesn't really pay attention to is his family life. And there was a lot of sacrifice that the whole family had to go through while he was pursuing his, his NBA goals and dreams for 20 years, for two decades. That's a long time. And the part that really, it really sucks the way that I see it is Kobe had retired. He'd been out of the game for a couple years. And within four years after his retirement, after he finally has all the time in the world to focus on his, his next chapter with writing and his family. And I really think he made it a point of emphasis to really spend a lot more time with his family because just he didn't spend that much time with them as much as he probably would have wanted to because he was playing 82 games a year. And then pretty much every year they were in the playoffs. So you're going to go from essentially October until maybe June in some years where you're fully committed to your craft playing basketball. And the family component kind of takes a backseat because you're just dedicating that much time. And it, it really sucks the way that I see it, just because he finally got to spend a larger portion of his time with his family. And he only really got about like four years of that time where he finally got to spend 
time that he wanted to with his family, spend time with Gianna, developing her game. She was probably going to be on her way to, you know, playing for UConn and then eventually the WNBA. And I, the one that I'll tell you this, there's this one picture that, that Vanessa and I think Kobe posted it. This was a Christmas picture. It was a family portrait that they had. I want to say like Christmas time around 2019. And oh, it gets me every time. Whenever oh I see that, whenever I see that picture, it just crushes me because they all look so happy. Kobe looked so at peace. He finally gets to do and spend time. He finally gets to do the things that he wants to with his family. And it's just, it's just, it just rips your heart out. Whenever I look at it, it, it just rips my heart out every time I look at that picture, just because they looked so happy together. And, and then all of a sudden it just comes to a crashing halt and it's just, the it's never the same after that. It's just, don't get me wrong. Like the world took a huge hit with his death, but I can't even imagine the loss that their family felt when they heard the news that not only Kobe died, but Gianna died as well. That was, that's just the levels of devastation. I can't even imagine what they were feeling when the, when the news broke, it's just, I never, I never want to put, I'd never put that on my worst enemy, just that type of pain and that type of suffering. It's just, it's, it's just unfathomable as far as I'm concerned. It's just, it just, it just, it just rips your heart out, man. Like, it's just, it's a really, it's just, it's just tough. Even a year later, it's still tough. It's, it sucks because you say, oh, you know, with, with time, it heals all wounds. And as I'd stated before, with losing people in the past, time eventually does make it easier to cope. Uh, makes it easier to understand that, you know, things are well beyond our control. And, you know, God willing, depending on your beliefs, there's a better life for you after death. And, you know, this one, you kind of just sit and you wonder and you're like, but he was so young. Like, Gigi was mm -hmm. so young. Like, a tragedy, like a helicopter crash. Like, there, was, there were innocent children. Like, all of those girls had their whole lives in front. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why this hits us so much harder because... Kobe, like you had said so many times, was finally in a place where he was like, I can do what I want from my kids, from my wife. I can finally be there for all the times that they were there for me and I was unable to be there for them. All the games that they went to, all the practices. We know as, as Kobe enthusiasts, as Kobe fanatics, the man was getting up at 3 a.m. almost every day in, in or out of season. The man at most Laker games were on at 10 p.m., so the man's not only at the gym practicing before the game, he would be at home for maybe an hour or two total in a day, depending on what kind of week it was, if he was home in terms of playing at a home game. Not to mention the hours he would shoot and practice after a loss or after a win or the amount of time he spent in the weight room in rehab or in the hospital recovering to know that Vanessa had to go through all of that. And he finally said, I'm not just going to give my kids my time. 
I'm going to give them my life. Natalia was, I, I believe she was doing a, another sport or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember. She, she felt, she found her niche. Gianna was coming into basketball. Bianca was getting older. She was a, uh, she was a toddler. And then they had just had Coco a few months before the, the, the youngest. And it mm-hmm. was like, Kobe was in, as he said, a girl dad. He was in full girl dad swing and pictures and videos and even when he was coaching just the faces he made when he looked at his family were what I want to look at my family like what I want to do when I reach the age of 40 and 50 just to look at my kids and my wife and say I'm here for them I want to be there for them forever and I want to make sure that they have not a good life have the best life and if that means I have to give everything I have the shirt off of my back to make them smile that's what I'm going to do and my admiration and my love for Kobe, like I said, just goes so far beyond the sport of basketball. But I mean, if you just if you saw his short story, if you saw the Oscar winning the, the short film of Dear Basketball, Kyle, to this day, anytime I hear that music, I burst into tears like that hits so much farther home now that he has passed. It's unfathomable what this world would have been without Kobe. Just the small tidbits, the 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 playing, the the you just lose words, man. It's like I'm getting choked up here. And like again, I didn't know the man, but it's like holy shit, the impact he had on my life was just so deep that it just it just hurts to talk about it, man. It's just it's fucking rough. I I guess if there's a um if there's a silver lining um because after his death, I mean, don't get me wrong, it, it shook the entire world. It shook the entire sports world. But it motivated that Lakers team to go to a whole new level to go out and win a championship for essentially for Kobe and the, the legacy of Kobe. And obviously, I know COVID interrupted things and the, the season – got delayed for a couple months, but that team was able to come together, rally around each other and win an NBA title in honor of Kobe. And I guarantee you the sting and the hurt associated with, with Kobe's loss will never go away. But like I said, if there were a silver lining to this whole thing is that, we all got to watch Kobe play. We all got to see him live out his dream. I wish he would have gotten to spend a little bit more time with his family, but at least Laker fans were able to see that team last year rally around each other and become really close and focus on winning an NBA championship. And I guarantee you, wherever Kobe may be, he's happy with those boys coming through and getting an NBA championship. I, I know, I know winning an NBA championship may not seem like, may, may not seem like much compared to just the gravity of Kobe's death, but at least for Laker fans, at least it was a season fulfilled and it's a little bit even more fulfilling that they were able to carry out their task and accomplish it with 
honoring Kobe's memory and his legacy by playing up to the standard that he set there for the 20 years he was with the Lakers. And in those 20 years, we got a lot of memories. I know I got a, a shit ton in my mind that I just think of off the top of my head. So, I, like I said before, I, I got to ask you, when you hear Kobe B. Bryant's name, what's the first memory that pops in your head, on or off the court? Go. Go. <laughs> I mean, it, he was he was my favorite player growing up. I mean, it's just – when, like I said, when when these celebrity deaths I hear of every now and then, when they come up, when somebody famous dies, like I'll give you an example, like when Michael Jackson died, like I wasn't as saddened as maybe the generation before us was. I, there were a lot of people that were really hurt by his death, but he had health issues and it, they were well documented before his death. Same thing with Whitney Houston. It was really unfortunate, and it's a tragedy when someone of that magnitude passes away. But there were, like I said, there were kind of these like self-destructing factors at play where you hear the news, you're obviously saddened by it. But I, and I, I don't mean to be tone deaf here, but you could kind of see those deaths coming even though that you never want those things to happen then when the news breaks it's just it's just a tragedy but it's like it's something that could have been avoided with Kobe it was not like that Kobe was healthy Kobe looked great he was in great spirits and when the news broke that he passed away so so suddenly of just going to a basketball game and dying in a helicopter crash I it's just it's just it's just soul shaking. It'll shake, it'll shake you to your core because he looked so happy. He looked so at peace. And just to see him unfortunately pass away like that, it's just devastating. I'm just, like you said, I'm just kind of at a loss for words, even a year later. I mean, imagine a year ago when we all got the news and it seemed like, after his death, it seemed that the whole world fell apart. It seemed that the whole world fell apart because when COVID hit a month later, then everything just went to hell in a handbasket. I, you can honestly make it. You can honestly make a pretty solid case that Kobe may have been the glue that was holding the world together, and then after he passed away, then the world just went into shambles. So it's just, like I said, it's just it's so tragic. Even a year later. And I can go on and on and on, but it's just, it's one of the greatest, it's, I mean, it's one of the biggest tragedies I've ever seen. And it's one of, to me, it's one of the biggest celebrity deaths. And it's really the only one that's affected me because he was literally the guy that I idolized growing up watching the, watching the sport of basketball. What's your favorite memory? My favorite memory? Oh my God, there's so many. Um, I'll tell you this. It wasn't him dropping any one. It wasn't him dropping 62 in three quarters against the Mavericks or outscoring the Mavericks in three quarters. It was when they won their fourth championship. So at the time, 
my grandfather was his health was starting to go into decline at that point. And the one thing that we would do a lot of the time is whenever there was a Lakers game on, because he was a big Lakers fan um, when he was younger. And it was just really cool to just sit down and watch the Lakers win, um, win the title against the Orlando Magic for Kobe's fourth title. And it was just really cool for me to spend quality time with my grandfather, just watching Kobe go to work. And I know that there's, there's so many memories that you can pick and choose from, but that one will always kind of stand out to me just because even though that, that my grandfather was, he had a stroke when I was about before I was born. And he really couldn't speak that much, but I was able to communicate with him. And we really spent a lot of quality time watching Lakers game, Lakers games, even though that he wasn't in the best health necessarily. And it was just looking back at it. I'm just, I'm glad I was able to spend that time with him, but at the same time watching Kobe Bryant, just go out and do his thing. That, that is something for me. I'm really thankful that, that Kobe brought to my grandfather and I, because it's priceless. You can't put a price on that. So I would say my favorite memory of Kobe. Well, I, I don't know. I can't even really knock it down to one. I have like two or three. I would say the first one would be Kobe's first championship, which was against was it the Sixers or was it the the Nets? I can't remember which one that was. Two thousand um, was the two thousand was the, the I think it Sixers. Was, I think it was the Sixers. So yeah, they that, played the, they played the Pacers at some point in that three thing. So I would Pacers say, yeah, I know the Nets was they they swept the Nets and they swept the Pacers, but the Sixers were the ones that gave them that one game, like Allen Iverson dropped like fifty, and yeah. I think it was in game one too, where it was like. I was so young. I was like six or seven because it was 2000 and I'm sitting there and I'm just like, this is when I just started getting into basketball. So I'm, I'm looking and I'm sitting, I'm talking with my dad and he's, you know, showing me all the tidbits and like, Oh son, like that's Allen Iverson. That's the Kimber Mutombo. Like I'm just like, Oh wow. Like this is incredible. And then Allen dropped 50 and I'm just mm-hmm. like, dad, Oh my God, is it over? And I'll never forget. My dad looked over to me and he was like, Son, watch. They'll be ready next game. And they went on to win four straight. And obviously they went on to three-peat. But that, like, that beginning, that that's, like, the first big memory I had. And I was just in awe. Like, Kyle was in awe. I was like, oh, my God. Like, this man is incredible. He was our Michael. We didn't we, – when Michael played, we were too young. Like, Michael finished in 98. He came back for a short time, so we got to see him again. But it was like he was a shell of himself. Still Michael, but not not Chicago Michael. But to see Kobe from the age of six all the way through my, my, like, my, my life, but to see it start there was magical. Like I can't really use another word because I was just mm-hmm. like, this man would, would on, on, on the blink of an eye, go for 30 in a finals matchup. Shaq go for 30 and 20, and it's just like, these two guys are incredible. My next memory 
would be Kobe losing to Boston in 07. Or 08, because San Antonio. It was the 07. It was the 07. It was the 2000 season. Yeah, I was going to say, because uh, the year before was was the sweep of Braun by by the Spurs. Yeah, yeah. So, at this point, I have already transitioned my fandom into the Mavericks. I became a Mavericks fan short after the 2004 season, uh, which was Steve Nash's last year in Dallas. So I was already in the full swing of being obsessed with Dirk. And, and uh, you know, like, I can't believe someone of that size. Growing up, I watched Shaq. So someone tall, I never put uh, a jump shot skilled athlete like that together one and one. So when mm-hmm. I saw Dirk and I saw Steve, I just kind of transitioned. And my dad was like, you know, if that's the way you want to do it, you know, pick your team and then roll with it. Don't come back to the Lakers show. Like, don't come back to Lakers show. We don't want you. Yeah. We're going to leave. Because he was like, Shaq already left. We don't, we don't need people leaving like you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, I'm, I'm going to stay with it. So three years down the road, I'm, I'm well invo- well indulged in the basketball. I'm, I'm 12 years old, 13 years old, about to go into high school. And Kobe goes and loses to the Celtics in six. Mm-hmm. I was in distraught because that was the person, like I had said so many times on this, on, on this call, that was the guy that I had looked up to for so long. That's a guy that I still love to watch and play basketball. Like the man is, he could do no wrong in my eyes. Obviously the legal case that he had had was dismissed and whatnot. I'm not excluding that. Kobe was no perfect human, but I'm saying in regards to basketball, the man was just so almost godlike to me to see him lose other than the Detroit series, because the Detroit Pistons was just a, an overall better team, like I feel like the Lakers just were not prepared for that. I felt like they 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 underplayed them, and and that big four of Tayshawn Prince, Chauncey Billups, R- Richard Hamilton, and Ben Wallace were just like ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But like to see them go toe to toe with their arch rival, hearing my dad talk about it growing up, Boston and, and L.A., Boston and L.A., for them to lose the way that they did, and Kobe to struggle and and to, and to grind and literally just look like he had been defeated, like the hero of my story lost Mm -hmm. and I was just like what I then realized Kobe the grind the the gears were turning he had said publicly like this isn't over Mm -hmm. and I'm just like man Kobe Kobe about to be back it's gonna be all right like Boston need to come back Boston needs to do what they need to do and come back like you said they go on the next season and they beat the Magic should have been Cleveland. Honestly, I feel like it would have been a better matchup. I, I don't think Orlando was ready yet. And the next season comes up. We get the rematch we've all been waiting for. 2010 season, we got the Lakers coming back to repeat. Kobe mops the floor with them. They went in six. But Kobe was just a man on a whole nother man. He did not care what he needed they to do. They went seven. It was seven? I thought it was six. They beat the Celtics in game seven. It was game seven. Remember? Kobe didn't have, like, that great of a game seven. Ron Artest scored, like, 20 points in game seven. Oh, right. Ron Artest went off that game. That's right. Game six, Kobe struggled, actually. And that was in Boston, right? Because back then it was Mm -mm. 2-2-1-1-1, right? Nope. Or it was 2-3-2. Two, three, two. Okay. I don't know why I'm doing my memory yeah, is all foggy. Yeah. The, the way that I remember it was the Lakers were down three, two, going back to LA for game six. They dominated game six. 
And then game seven was really a defensive battle. But Colby didn't have a good game six. No, he no. I thought he had he had a, he had a decent game six. Um, I don't game have the seven was the, the game, game seven, seven was, was the, the battle. He struggled. Game seven, yeah. he struggled. To get back on my memory, obviously it's fog because it's been so long. I obviously must not remember <laughs> as vividly as I thought I did. To see him beat the person, the team that he said he was going to beat, to see him overcome all of the adversity, to see him just just come into the next season, not only with the mindset of I'm going to fucking beat you, but I'm going to do it at any means, was just incredible. And the determination that Kobe Bryant had that year was just – I don't even know I don't even, I don't even know what to say. I mean, his commitment to the game is unlike anything that I've ever seen. When I remember – this was maybe – back in like the middle 2000s where um, I believe Jay Williams was warming up pregame. They were playing against the Lakers. And I think he was saying that he's probably to get a couple hundred shots up, try to make a, make up a couple hundred shots and then just get ready for the game later on. But when he gets to the gym, Kobe's already there. And so Jay Williams doesn't really pay too much attention to, to it so he, he, he goes through his drills start making his shots makes a certain amount of shots and then he's done he starts walking off the court and as he's walking off the court he still hears a ball bouncing on the other side of the court it's still Kobe he's still there and then later that night when Jay Williams teams I forget who he's playing for at the time they go Portland. up against the Lakers and Kobe dropped 40 on him and I remember Jay Williams was saying after the game, he asked Kobe, he was like, why were you there like so long pregame, just getting all those shots up? And he said, because I saw you on the other side of the gym. Basically the, the takeaway that I took, that, that I took away from what Jay Williams was trying to say was no matter how good or how much commitment that you are going to go, I mean, how far are you willing to go? Kobe would go even farther. He would let nobody, nobody beat him as far as his effort goes. And he will go to literally the ends of the earth to make it happen. If you're given 100%, Kobe's given 110, 120%. He, will not, he would not stop. And the guy was just a machine, dude. He just, he never stopped. And up and really till the point that he retired, even after his Achilles, he was still, still trying to go out there and get wins for the Lakers. Obviously, the last couple of years for the Lakers were kind of ugly because they were pretty much out of playoff contention for the most part. In the last couple of years, he was with the Lakers, but he gave it everything that he had. And you know, as a Kobe fan, as a lifelong Kobe fan, I can appreciate that because there are some guys now. You're on. They're great, but they loaf every now and then. Sometimes they'll take games off. They they may only go 75, 85, maybe 90%. Kobe would give you everything that he had, no matter who he was going up against, whether it was in the middle of January or early in February or game seven of the finals. It would not matter. He was giving you everything that he had. 
I remember that Jay Williams story. I remember Kobe, like, I guess the quote that Jay Williams said, he goes, it doesn't matter. He goes, I want you to know it doesn't matter how much work you put in because I put in that much more than you. Yeah. Like, the amount that that resonated and that stuck with me was insane. Not because I was a fierce competitor like Kobe. Absolutely not. I was probably one of the laziest people on the court, on the field. Like, I just... Yes, I was competitive and as athletic as athletic as I wanted to be mm-hmm. to a certain extent, but I just I didn't have that fire that Kobe had. I didn't have that that passion of I'm going to be better than you no matter what. But hearing that story just like burns you up inside like I want to go out there and and and, and I want to fucking I want I want to kill it in everything I do. I want to go to the gym today and I want to put up 500 pounds. I want to go to the basketball court and lace them up and dunk on somebody. Obviously, we know that both of those things can't happen because I'm a brittle piece of glass. But to, <laughs> to, to know that Kobe didn't care who it was, it could have been Michael. It, it literally could have been Michael in his prime, and he would have literally outworked Mike, I feel like, in almost every way. And that's another competitor in the same sport, but in the same time frame in which you're like, Damn, imagine those two go back, go off at each other at their primes because they obviously played against each other in 98 and 97 a few times, but Kobe was just coming into himself. Kobe was just becoming Kobe. And it's a shame that we never got to see that matchup along with the finals matchup of, you know, LeBron James versus Kobe. But to know that he was so widely respected, to know that his dedication and his his grind to the game is never to be forgotten but only respected is something that I, I will never forget as not only an athlete, but a fan. And it's a, it's a blueprint for what other people need to, to base their, if they're going to play in the NBA, to base their careers off of. And that's hard work, dedication, and, and just that, 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 that mama mentality to, to go out there and just break your opponent down limb by limb, piece by piece, film by film session. Just, I need to find your weakness. I'm going to exploit it, and I'm going to go drop 40. They will never... Never be another Kobe Bryant. And I I just I'm just so blessed and I'm so thankful I was able to watch him for for 20, 20 some odd years and watch him from beginning to end and say that damn, that was one of the greatest careers in sports history. It's well said, man. I don't think um I don't think I could really say it any better than that. Um I'll just I'll just ask you real quick. Um just uh, give me your final thoughts before we uh, before we end up uh, wrapping this up. I saved the quote that I saw that Kobe said in an interview on Twitter when I bookmarked it, and I'm thinking about getting it tattooed. And uh, you know, if my girlfriend ever does see this, she might kill me. But she uh, she doesn't think that tattoos are necessarily necessary. <laughs> so. This quote really resonated with me because I've always said something similar to this. We can always kind of be average and just do what's normal. I'm not into the I'm not into doing what's normal. It's simple. It's short. And some people may not understand what it even means. But as a kid growing up in the Bronx, who wasn't exactly the most normal individual kind of like one of the odd kids you know just just different you know I always told my friends and people that made fun of me like yeah I'm not normal and I'm cool with it I like being different and to know 
that Kobe said in a quote that I never realized. He said, I'm not, I'm not with this normal shit. It hits home, you know, like that's just another reason why I will forever memorialize Kobe Bryant as probably the greatest player that I've ever witnessed play, play the game of basketball. And it's just for those people out there that think they can't amount to anything. And those that, that feel that, you know, they're weird or they're, they're, they're not a, a fit to society. It's okay. You don't need to be in the norm. You just got to be you and enjoy being you and be the best you that you can be. And uh, rest in peace to Kobe Bean Bryant, Gianna Bryant, and all those lost on their, on that helicopter crash last year because Lord knows we miss everyone there. Mm-hmm. As far as me, I'm going to pretty much just try to sum it up as best as I can, just short and sweet. Mamba out and Mamba forever. I don't think I could really say it any better than that. No, sir. No, sir at all. That didn't even make sense, but I'm all <laughs> messed up. That's it's all it's all good. I get it. But well, um, everybody, I'll, we just wanted to give a a little momentum, a little memorial to one of our favorite players, if not our favorite player. Um, we just wanted to. You know, we if we were doing a podcast at the time that this happened, we would have done it already. We both felt in the same way that it needed to be done and needed to be said. Our memories needed to be shared with everybody. And we hope that everybody, you know, feels some sort of similarity to what it is that, you know, the world is going through. If you have any other stories, if you have any other comments about Kobe, you know, you can leave it, drop it below. We'll always be down to talk about it. You know, we can make a little segment uh, on another episode if you want to. But uh, that's all we got for you today, guys. Same here. I really can't add anything else, but uh, I want to um, I want to thank Kevin and I coming back together for obviously I wish putting out this episode would have been under better circumstances, but obviously with you know, the one year anniversary of Kobe's death, we had to link up for this one. So just want to take the time and appreciate you coming through and speaking your piece about what Kobe meant to you and the memories that you'll have with from him forever. I appreciate you, man. You're, you're the, you're the true Laker fan out here. So for you to, yep. to share your thoughts and, and share your feelings means a lot. And uh, I know that I know that you miss him as much as I do, maybe more. I know I may not sound like it. I don't really show a lot of emotion. But Kobe's really the only person as far as the celebrity deaths go that actually made me shed tears. Nobody else has ever even gotten close to that. So Kobe can do something like that to me. He did it to everybody else. He did it to everybody else. But with that said, you guys want to thank you guys for tuning into this episode. Um, I imagine Kevin will probably upload this to his one of four, six and one podcast either later on today or maybe tomorrow. Um, this will be up on my YouTube channel on the Home Field Podcast page. Probably be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts as well. So definitely check it out there. I'm done on my end, Kev. Anything else you want to say? No, sir. Ready to go. Appreciate everybody for coming out and the support. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys, for tuning in.